Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. The podcast where the dogs are the stars of the show. Welcome to episode 70 of the Relaxed Dog Podcast, sponsored by therelaxeddog.com. Thank you very much for finding this show. Welcome back to our regular listeners and welcome if this is your first show. I am your host, Robert Ober, and I hope that you and your dog are well. My guest this week is Kentucky Dalagoo. It will be a very entertaining conversation. And don't forget, if you could please hit that subscribe button, I would really appreciate it. And now, some doggy news. We go to Malaysia and Kuala Lumpur. A group of men were getting ready to go for a hike and they had just sort of started when they came across a stray dog. The dog uh, decided to join the group, was given a biscuit, and then led the group for the majority of their 12K hike. They uh, did a little bit of video, it went onto social media, and I think it's clicked over 2 million views on TikTok. Over to the US and in Utah. Now, sadly, our dogs are taken away from us all too quickly. And a couple that owned a lovely dog by the name of Maggie had made the difficult decision after Maggie had been suffering from cancer for quite some time. They gave her a farewell weekend, which comprised of Maggie's favourite things like paddleboarding and lots of her food and some camping. But um, what they really wanted to do was let Maggie experience some snow for the last time. So they uh, put out a bit of a call to see if anyone had some ice shaving machinery that was not being used during the uh, summer season. What happened then was the uh, Salt Lake City Ice Centre came across their quest and basically delivered a whole pile of ice to their place and Maggie enjoyed her final romp in some uh, snow. So very nicely done. And now this week's interview. Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. I am here with Kentucky Dalagoo. How are you? Hey, how's it going, Robert? Thanks for having us on. Oh, no, no, absolutely my pleasure. I'm a, I'm a big, big fan. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so for those people that don't immediately know your name, who are we going to talk about today? Man, mostly we're going to talk about is my good friend right here, my road dog, Derby. And uh, Derby is my nine-year-old golden doodle that, you know, we've traveled the world, we traveled the United States, and through that we've become such 
great friends and uh, I can't wait to tell you more about him. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to hear more about him. So, <laughs> as per normal, I'm going to ask you to take us back in time to mm-hmm. before you met Derby and talk to us and tell us about the, the whys and the hows that that happened. All right. So this was, oh, okay, how far back was this, buddy? Uh, so this was probably around nine years ago, eight, nine years ago. I was living in Atlanta, Georgia, in Midtown. Um, I'd always had dogs all my life. I grew up on a farm in Kentucky. And, uh, you know, I've had free dogs and, like, uh, dogs you get in the newspaper for free. But they were all outside dogs. Uh, they're the ones that, like, let people, let you know when people are coming up the driveway or, you know, bark to keep scared critters around. Uh, I had a, a, a great Dane in college. Uh, and so just always had, always been around dogs. Uh, but when I was in, living in Midtown Atlanta, I saw these things called doodles and these things started to become very popular in the city. And I didn't really understand what they were. And then I found out, I was like, oh, they're kind of like golden retrievers and poodles, but they don't shed. <laughs> but that's a pretty good thing to do to have with a dog sometimes, especially living in an apartment. So I started doing my little research on them and I didn't realize how expensive they were. <laughs> Doodles are really expensive here in the Americas. I mean, we're talking close to $15,000, $2,000 nowadays. And that's just so crazy to me. I, you know, I just never really paid for a dog that much. Well, so I thought that was going to be into that. Well, through one of my old college buddies and the, his wife's family, uh, they had gotten two uh, doodles. One family got the brother, one got Derby. And uh, they had him for about a year and a few months. And they realized they had two kids, one on the way. And they were a loving family. They just realized they did not have time for Derby. Uh, he just needed somebody to give him more guidance and he need more attention. He basically knew his family, his backyard, and uh, the kennel that they kept him in all day to, you know, they, uh, they told me stories that he ate two dresses. Uh, he pulled a turkey off the counter. So they understood, like, look, we, he needs to be rehomed. And so they found out about me looking for one. They said, look, We've heard about what you do with your dogs uh, and take great care of them and take, take them everywhere. We are going to give you Derby. And I was like, awesome. So I went and met him. The kids had named him Midas. I looked at him. I was like, man, I don't know if we're going to keep that name. <laughs> he not look like a Midas. So I brought him home. He was so, uh, he was a little bit smaller than this, but he was already full grown. I never saw him as a puppy. Uh, I kind of reached out to my friends on Facebook and said, hey, this is my new road dog. What should I name him? And all my friends were kind of like, hey, name him this, this, this. And one of my good friends said, dude, you should name him Derby so you all be Kentucky and Derby. And, yeah. I, and it blew my mind. I was like, yes, yeah. that's it. So that's where we started. We became Kentucky and Derby right then and there. Um, living in Midtown Atlanta, you know, Derby was didn't know much about the big city. He was actually really, really skittish. Uh, he didn't know that there were other people in the world. He didn't know that there were other dogs in the world. So I just kind of looked at him and said, man, I'm going to take you on adventures. And I know you're going to be afraid, but I'm always going to be here for you. And that's when his confidence started to grow. And through that confidence, teaching him tricks and things just came really, really easy. Like he wanted to learn. Uh, I started teaching him how to like sit, stay, fetch, uh, all the basic commands, uh, you know, just even walking on a leash. He just needed uh, time to learn how to walk on a leash. After a while, I started teaching him to pick things up for me. Uh, because I guess I've always wanted a dog to do that. Cause uh, call me lazy. Uh, <laughs> I have taught him how to get drinks out of a refrigerator before. 
But uh, the big thing is, is when I sit on the couch and I say remote, he goes and finds the remote for me and brings it back to me. So, cool. you know, it's just, you know, me being lazy, but then again, the dog gets to work too. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we were kind of having our own thing, living there for a while. Uh, I think we lived there for probably three years together. Um, at the time, I had never had a dog that needed to be groomed. Uh, so I didn't know that was a thing and I had him for three months and he turned into a huge fluff ball. And I was like, Oh no, this is a thing with doodles. You have to brush them. You have to comb them. You have to actually groom them. So I took him to his first groomer that I had ever, he'd been groomed before. So he was used to it. And they were like, well, what do you want to do? I said, man, I don't want to deal with all this hair. Can you just really slim him down really close? But at the time I had like a mohawk faux hawk going around and I was like, did you put a mohawk on him? And they're like, no, we can do that. And I was like, well, make it go all the way down his back, too. Don't know what this was going to look like. <laughs> he came back looking a little skinny and just had this awesome hair on his top of his head. And I was like, yep, this is our new style. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we started rocking that, living in Atlanta. Well, at the same time, uh, I had been working in the nightclub bar industry for about 20 years. I do construction and everything with my friends. I'd own bars, built bars, uh, restaurants all over the Southeast. And being a bartender for 20 years, you know, that nightlife will, will basically take over your life sometimes to the point where drugs and alcohol are definitely involved uh, just to get through the weekend or just to party with every weekend. And I realized at that point in my time of life, like, I needed to change. I needed to change my lifestyle or I won't be here anymore. And that's where I always feel like through meeting Derby, me kind of saving him, he saved me because I went through a great, a very big depression uh, where the point where I didn't want to leave my apartment during the week unless I had to go to work. The only reason I left was just to take Derby out. And he would look at me like, hey, man, let's go outside. Let's go for a walk. And I'm like, OK, we'll leave. And I feel like he's the main reason I left my house. Uh, I knew the one day that I realized I needed to leave is I woke up one morning from a long weekend of working and partying. I'd been on the couch for two days, kind of. And I woke up and I found my my gun was on my coffee table. And I realized I don't know how it vaguely got there, but I knew I was contemplating things. And I just realized I've got to get out. So my through my, my awesome, one of my sisters lives here in San Diego. She said, look, I know you're trying to just get out of the town. Come live with me in San Diego, bring Derby, and I got a place for you to stay and you can start over. So we packed up my truck. If it didn't fit, it didn't go. We took the three-day journey across the United States. I'll be honest, I would have never been able to do that if it wasn't for this guy right here. Uh, it was tough just to leave my friends and everything I knew for you know a long time and just go. Got here and fell in love with San Diego. Like, San Diego was definitely my vibe uh you know i like to walk around barefoot and uh there's my other dog in the back <laughs> i like to walk around barefoot uh you know just wear crazy clothes most of the time I'm wearing cut off shirts and just kind of just that slow moving vibe where you know nothing really matters and if i'd known about san diego 20 years ago i would have moved here immediately <laughs> but uh you know what's that i was gonna say so how old was derby when you made the move so that was six years ago. So he would have been about three or four about that time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we get here and one of the things we learned, you know, Derby, actually another thing about Derby is he didn't like to swim when I first got him, like scared of the water. 
Mm-hmm. And I got, and while I was in Atlanta, I took him to one of my friend's pools and I just got in the water with him. I was holding him, kind of letting him swim, figuring out his legs. By the end of the day, he was jumping off the diving board. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that's what I always thought is like, he just needed that confidence and to know everything's going to be okay. And like, after that, he will learn anything. Mm-hmm. So we get to uh, San Diego. He had never seen the beach. We went to OB Dog Beach, which is a little t- tiny surf town here in San Diego, Ocean Beach, and he loved it. Running around with all the other dogs. If you ever come to San Diego, California, do definitely go check out o- Ocean Beach Dog Beach. It's a humongous off-leash dog beach. You just see the dogs playing in the surf, playing in the sand, running around. It's so amazing. Uh, and we just had so much fun. So the big thing is here in San Diego, you move here, you learn how to surf. And I've always wanted to learn how to surf. So I... Um, Bought my first beginner surfboard, which is a, a soft top wave storm that you buy at Costco. Uh, Dog Beach was one of the greatest places to learn for beginner surfers because it was kind of in a cove. The waves were really, you know, not that crazy, but you could learn. Mm-hmm. So I bought my surfboard, went there, brought Derby, and I figured he would play with all the other dogs. Uh, so I just kind of walked out to the waves and he kept following me out there to the point where he was swimming next to me. And I was like, no, man, go play with the other dogs. <laughs> So I'm just kind of looking around. I put him on the board. He stands on the board. I kind of gently push him into a wave and he rides it all the way to the beach. Standing up, turns around, looks at me like, is this what you're trying to do? Because this looks pretty easy. <laughs> I sat there in the water for me. I'm like, is this real life? Like, I'm so happy that he, this is awesome. But then again, I was kind of pissed off at the same time that he just learned how to surf before I did. <laughs> so we just kind of kept playing around with it. I didn't know what the, what this was about. Like, I was like, this is something he likes to do. It's, it's fun. Cause the cool thing about Derby is when we, when I surf him by himself and I push him into a wave, he hits the beach and I'm still in the water. He actually gets off the board, turns around, comes back out to me. Like sometimes I have to come back in, get the board, and he's still like, let's do it again. Let's let's go do this again. <laughs> so I never force him to do anything he never wants to do. So it's just kind of like, yeah, if he wants to play, he'll play. He'll get on the board. Some dude walks up to us one week when we were playing around that first summer. He said, dude, you know there are surf dog competitions for that here in San Diego? I was like, nah, never heard of it. He said, you should look it up. I think there's one coming up. And I was like, okay. So I Google it. The first one was coming up in Imperial Beach. And we do four competitions a year up and down the California coast. That's the regular ones to do. They do have some over in Florida and Texas, but we haven't made it over to those. But their waves are not as big. Uh, I sign up. I had never been to a human surf competition, let alone a dog surf competition in my life. (laughs) I didn't know what to expect. Uh, I know surfing's big in Australia and like, if you know that, that's probably like when your number one sport. Uh, so everybody's probably been to one there. Uh, so I show up, I have a bag, a surfboard and my dog. I look around at everybody else. Everybody else is, has a tent set up. <laughs> I mean, they're kind of like, you know, this, like they're going to camp all day. And I didn't know this is an all day event. Uh, also another thing is how did oh, I'll tell that story is how we got our hair. Uh, so I show up, I'm just watching everybody else. Don't know anybody. And finally it was our turn. So we go up, we, we, they announce us. I will go out there and Derby just crushes it. He, uh, we just do the one event where I just, it's a single dog event where you push him into the wave and he gets like fifth or six out of like 30 dogs. Wow. And, and all of a sudden everybody came up to us like, 
dude, where did y'all come from? Like, how long have y'all been doing this? And I'm like, uh, we've been doing this for like six weeks. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> but through this event, we met so many cool people that do surf dogs and, you know, people started just following us. And then like we do three events that year. Cause I kind of learned from everybody else. Oh, there's another event. There's another event. Mm-hmm. And through this, we became such part of a great community of dog surfers. Uh, I tell people like, dude, yeah, it's a competition, but we don't win any money. There's no money to be made. Uh, you're usually spending more money than you are making money with this. Uh, you know, it's all for just bragging rights, winning a trophy, but all the events that are held uh, at the California coast are all for like donations or for a good cause. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for a, uh, one of them is a great one is the Helen Woodward animal center. Uh, they put on one of the surf competitions here in Del Mar and we became really good friends with them, helping raise money uh, any way we can raising awareness. They actually put on clinics every summer for people who want to teach their dogs how to surf. And we teach them how to do it. And I'm one of the volunteers that, go out there with their dog that day and show them the tips and like these things that you need to learn or things you need to do before you even get in the water with your dog. If you ever want to get in the do- uh, water with the dog, because you know, anyway, you can hang out with your best friend or hanging out with your best friend in the water is just a great day. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so that's how our surfing career started. Um, I guess, I guess another question you probably ask is how did this start? <laughs> the, blue, the blue hair. Uh, first week, first couple of weeks, we're in San Diego. Uh, Derby and I are going to Ocean Beach Dog Beach every day just to chill out, just figure ourselves out. Uh, uh, the groomer that I still use today from six years ago, she's actually wandering around handing out her business card, and uh, she sees Derby. She said, "Yeah, I, I groom doodles all the time." And he had kind of a mohawk going, but he was getting fluffy. And I said, "Yeah, he usually does a mohawk. Can you do a mohawk?" I was like, totally. She said, "I can even dye it," and I was like. Oh, what? <laughs> and I was like, that's a thing. Oh, uh, man. I was like, well, then, you know, you ask the general questions that people ask me all the time. What kind of dye is it? Is it safe for dogs? Does it irritate their skin? Will it hurt their eyes? Anything. And, I, and she said, no, this is a vegan hair dye. It's a semi permanent dye. Doesn't irritate their skin. Doesn't bother their eyes. It fades after a while. It's not like it's permanent, permanent. Uh, as you can see, uh, it actually looks purple now because after we go to the water a lot, it will fade to purple. Even mine. Does. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, so she she did it. The only color she had at the time was blue. And so she did it. He brought him back. Same thing. That's it. That's our look right there, bro. Like I fell in love with it. People even would watch it around, watch us walk around and say, dude, you should dye your hair. And I was like, OK. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, I, there was sometimes during that years I had jobs that were like, hey, man, we know you do this. As long as you can only dye your hair during surf season, you're fine. But don't do it all the time. I'm like, OK, I get it. I got to have, have a big boy job sometimes. And I'm like, all right, I can't dye my hair all the time. But they would let me have a mohawk. But no, no. So through that, we, we just kind of started this persona. And I started him an Instagram just to kind of just show all the crazy stuff we were doing for all my friends. And then all of a sudden we got a call from Amazon <laughs> uh, about the show. Uh, another crazy story with that is Derby and I get a lot of stuff in our DMs of our Instagram and our emails. Just, you know, people wanting to work with us or people wanting to do podcasts as, uh, just like this. And uh, so he got this message in his DM. This is when we had maybe like 5,000 followers. But I think that's the thing of this. I didn't start his Instagram to try to become famous. I just wanted to show people what we do and just kind of say, hey, this is fun stuff we do. Yeah. Uh, nice. 
I got a flyer from a producer that said, hey, do you like to travel with your dog? Check out this show and apply. But it was just a set of flyer. It didn't even have like, I think it had a picture of a guy and a dog. It didn't even say Amazon on it. And I just looked at it and said, well, that's spam. I'll, I'll delete it. So I deleted it. <laughs> Two weeks later, another surf dog friend of ours got the same flyer, sent it to us and said, hey, you should check this out. Like, this is something you and Derby would be good at. And I was like, okay. Gave it to my fiance. She looked at it. And she said, I'll fill it out. Okay. She filled it out. Two days later, they're calling. They're like, hey, can you get on a Zoom call? Like, sure. Get on a Zoom call. Two days later, can you get on another Zoom call? Can we talk again? Can you send us pictures? Uh, and, you know, I tell them our story, like kind of where we were at in our life at the time. Uh, and then uh, I kind of asked them, I said, is this a show where it's just kind of like, what, two dudes with a camera? They just kind of follow around, you know, like an internet show. And that's when they reveal, like, no, this is actually uh, an Amazon show. And it's a kind of a big deal. Like, they're spending a lot of money. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, this is like nothing like just some internet thing. This is big. And he's like, yeah, uh, I'll let you know a secret. Uh, Amazon spent almost $30 million on this episode, on this shows. <laughs> so yep. they didn't, they didn't let back on this. So that's when I was like, Oh, this is a real deal production. <laughs> that's where it started on our adventure to get on the show. Um, you know, we, we tried out for it. We met, uh, they did some training with us prior to us leaving with like the first top 24 dogs. We went to LA for two weeks and stayed at a hotel uh, they trained us with tricks that we would not, might need to know on the show, but didn't tell us what we would be doing on the show. Mm-hmm. And then we got on the show and went on that whirlwind adventure that you all can all see on Amazon Prime called The Pack. <laughs> and if anyone hasn't seen it, you have to see it. Yeah. It's an amazing show. Uh, I still can't believe some of the things we've done, some of the places we've been. Uh, and just, you know, through that, we became friends with so many people from that worked on the show to all the other contestants. We're still friends today to the point where we have a message, uh, our own message chain where we talk to each other, uh, hang out or talk, you know, see how each other's doing. Uh, help each other with each other's projects after the show. Uh, I mean, we also went on a... Uh, RV adventure across the country with uh, some of our pack mates. Yeah, and I was just uh, going to say, now, now Derby developed a special friendship with another dog. Yes. So on the show was our good friend Josh, who is a groomer in West Hollywood. And he has a beautiful poodle named Snow that he does these amazing uh, colored dyes on her hair, different rainbowish colors. And, you know, they tried to make stories on the show because, you know, they got to make it for people to want to watch it. Mm-hmm. But they got to ask us. They've seen Derby and Snow play together. And Derby likes to play with other dogs, but he mostly likes to play like whatever I'm doing or playing fetch with me. But he would allow Snow to come up, bite on him, run around, chase him. He chase her. And I kind of saw I was like, dude, what's going on here? Like, you usually don't like hanging out with dogs as much as like, you know, you like hanging out with me. And me and Josh all saw it like. They had a little connection. So they made a little storyline that they, you know, they were boyfriend and girlfriend after Josh and snow got eliminated and had to go home. We still kept in touch. That's when our fans started to come after the show came out, the fans were like, well, do y'all still see Josh? Does he still see snow? Uh, are they still an item? And we're like, yeah. So we decided to like give the fans what they wanted. So a couple months went by, we did a video of Derby and snow getting engaged uh, on at, hunting, at uh, Newport beach on a boat. Uh, our good friend Lucy, who was on the show, she's awesome. She's she's my wingman from the show. And afterwards, 
Her, her and her husband do uh, production stuff with some of their uh, uh, their brands that they work with. Uh, and she knew how to like edit video and send it out. And so she helped me and Josh get this stuff out. And she just was so amazing. Uh, everybody fell in love with them getting engaged. And then the next question was, where are they getting married? And I was like, oh, how far are we actually going to take this? So my heart fans just kept asking. And, you know, me and Josh had talked about it. We were just like, man, when we find time, we'll do something. We'll do a small video. Well, something came up with all of us talking together about maybe doing an RV trip one last time. I had been approached by Dog TV, uh, which is, you know, you can get worldwide uh, through the, you know, the computer or internet or TV service. And they said, dude, we'd love to work with you. And I said, well, we're thinking about doing this RV trip. Are you all down to maybe work with us on that? And they're like, yes. <laughs> so me and Lucy did, you know, created this whole trip. It was seven people, seven dogs, one RV, eight, 10 days, uh, I don't know, eight days, 10 states, 3,400 miles. <laughs> and we were in, a, we started our RV in Nashville, went across, met, did meet and greets, met fans all over. Because this was also during the pandemic where like, even when we off the show, we couldn't go meet people and do meet and greets like mm. normally. So this was our first time to actually go out into the world and see our fans and travel again. And things were starting to open up a little bit here in the United States. Uh, so uh, it was awesome. One of the stops was at Las Vegas. Uh, where Derby and Snow got married at the Little White Wedding Chapel to a with a Elvis impersonator uh, doing the nuptials. It was so great. We had we had fans of ours from Georgia who flew in with their kids to come see the wedding. Uh, it was so awesome, and everybody loved it. Uh, so if you ever want to watch it, it's on Dog TV. It's called Road Dogs. Uh, but no, they're married now, which is so cool. Cause now me and my fiance have to figure out when we're going to get married. <laughs> <laughs> He's beating you again. <laughs> He's beating, he just always one ups me, gets me out there before I do. So, but yeah, that's, what's been going on with us. Um, Derby and I are still doing our thing. Uh, I still, I still work full time as doing construction handyman stuff here, but like, you know, we're still doing our projects. We, this year we became a uh, certified therapy dog team. Mm -hmm. uh, we started visiting hospitals and, and hopefully now we're going to start doing schools next year when they start opening up. But we do a lot of virtual uh, visits uh, through virtual field trip visits through schools all over the United States. We do this all for free. Uh, it's just, you know, just love seeing put, put smiles on people's faces. Uh, one of the other projects that I'm almost finished with, uh, and I can't wait to share this with everybody. Uh, we are doing a children's book. Uh, I've always wanted to do a children's book even before we got on the show. Cause I was just like, oh, it'd be fun to see doodles of Derby or pictures of Derby us doing our crazy stuff. And so through the show and everything else we've done, we've given us a platform to be able to do this. So me and my friend have been writing it. Uh, I'm, I'm actually talking to my illustrator after this uh, to finalize some stuff, but like, Oh, I mean, I've got a dummy book going right here with some, with some pictures of us and everything else. Oh, it's, it's going to be amazing. Uh, our goal is to, everybody asks me, what's your end goal? My end goal is to be able to travel across the United States or across the pond <laughs> with our book, reading it to schools and to hospitals or anywhere we will, anywhere who would take us. We want to go and just have fun, read our stories maybe even make this into a series of just stuff kind of like curious George, uh, you know, thank, 
uh, I don't know. I don't know if y'all know like the, the book of Curious George with uh, the little monkey that does crazy stuff. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen it. I've heard of it though. Yeah. So there. So part of the book, there's a man in there that's that's the owner of Curious George, but the man never says his name, and his name is the man in the yellow hat. He has a big yellow hat. Well, in our book, I kind of want us to kind of base this off Curious George. Uh, so it's Derby. And the man with the blue mohawk. Yeah, no. And I, I, know, I want Derby to be the star. I'm just the man with the blue mohawk. That's all he knows me as. Uh, and so just all our adventures of how we became who we are, started surfing, maybe another book about us traveling the United States, maybe another book about traveling the world, because, you know, this is stuff I want to base off what we've done. And uh, just to show people how to have fun with your best friend. Uh, that's our big thing. It's just, that's our next project. And, and then also, you just got to know where you're going to find us next. Because, you know, Anytime someone emails us or messages us, I'm all about saying, hey, let's talk. <laughs> oh, awesome. Thank you. I, yeah, I feel like I've been talking a lot. I didn't know if uh, you, know, you want to more, ask more questions or something like that. <laughs> no, no, look, well, it's all about Derby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Derby's favorite toys? Derby. Oh, it has to be the tennis ball. Like, we have 50,000 of them running around here. Uh, he will play fetch all day. He actually knows how to catch a frisbee in the air, but if he sees a tennis ball, it's his main focus and goal is just to, to get that tennis ball and bring it back to me as soon as possible. <laughs> All right. And um, what would you say would be his favorite games to play? Oh, his favorite game is definitely fetch. I mean, surfing's his big thing. Like I said, uh, there's so I, you know, I had to start learning to surf a little better after during our first year of surfing competition because. During our surf competition, there's three categories. There's single dog, where you push the dog in. There's sing, uh, tandem dog-dog, which is usually like two or more dogs on a board. You push them in. And then there's tandem dog-human. So I had to get a lot better at surfing before we could start doing tandem dog-human. And now that you know we surf together, there's times I grab my surfboard, like, hey, I'm about to go surf for a little bit. I'll be back. And he gives me this look like, well, why can't I go? <laughs> and I'm like, all right. So I put my single board back and I'll grab our double board. And I was like, all right, come on, let's go. And we end up going surfing together. Uh, so like he loves surfing. He loves being on the, in the water. I can't keep, like I said, from a dog who hated water, I can't keep him out of water now. Like <laughs> and I go somewhere and there's a pond. I'm like, well, I better hold on to his leash a little tighter. <laughs> nice. uh, yeah, swimming and just having fun is his, his main thing. <laughs> um, have you ever picked up any interesting items on the beach? Yeah, we picked up like, nothing too crazy. I know you can always find something nuts at, at down here in San Diego, especially close to Mexico. <laughs> now, the biggest thing we have to worry about here in San Diego is there are sharks, but, I mean, you all have great white sharks circling your whole island. <laughs> Uh, we have sharks here, but they don't come where the dogs usually surf. And plus, we don't go as far out as, you know, people think. Like half the time we're surfing in maybe chest deep water, nothing crazier than that. But out here in San Diego, we have things called stingrays and these little tiny stingrays. And if you step on one and they turn around and hit you, it is not that fun. Uh, I've been hit twice. I've had some uh, I've seen some other surf dogs get hit, uh, but it didn't affect them as much as it does us because, you know, Y'all probably have them too, where uh, if they hit you, it's a po it just basically poison in your leg for until you can it wears out. Uh, that's about the only thing, crazy thing around here in San Diego beaches. What we find. <laughs> so, uh, has he ever had to go to the vet for anything serious? 
Uh, no, we did have an incident on uh, the show where he kind of picked up a stomach bug while we were in London. And the if you watch the episode, we actually won the, the, the race where we didn't have to compete in the elimination. And Derby was just not feeling good. Uh, and he had the bubbly guts. And this is one of those incidents that the, the crew didn't know what to do. So the next day, we're heading back to the United States. And Derby's was like, you know, we're on an eight-hour flight across the Atlantic. There ain't no stopping, pulling over, letting the dog go to the bathroom. Luckily, we were on a private jet, uh, private 737. But uh, I looked at them. I said, he's got to go. What do y'all want to do? And they're like, uh, I was like, I told you y'all he was sick. So we had to take him back in the galley, like line the galley with like trash bags. And he went. He was like, man, I got to go. <laughs> Which is fair. So that was <laughs> that's you know traveling i mean he picked up a bug afterwards he was feeling fine but like yeah nothing crazy we've never had to go to the hospital or nothing yeah me you never know <laughs> yeah that's a it's a, a a big ask for especially going on a show like that because there's a, a lot of air travel involved mm-hmm. yeah you just never know i mean when dogs gotta go they gotta go <laughs> absolutely um so apart from the beach what about favorite walks and things like that oh uh, you know Everybody asks me, so living in California, you all you go on hikes a lot. And like, well, I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't like to hike. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and that's the thing, Derby and I, I've always wanted to get Derby and I on any uh, or every mode of transportation as possible. This is down to uh, cars, trucks, canoes, boats, airplanes, hol- helicopters, gondolas, uh, escalators. Uh, we've done it all. Uh, you know, we've. We're, we have a motorcycle sidecar uh, that we putt-putt around San Diego and Derby's just chilling. Uh, so, like, that's our big thing is I want to find every mode of transportation. So, next on our list, uh, we've done wave, uh, wave runners uh, out in the ocean. Uh, the next thing is we need to get a snowmobile. So, we got to go somewhere cold, which I don't like cold weather, but he loves it. Uh, and I want to find an elephant. <laughs> and maybe a horse-drawn carriage uh is next but like yeah we've been on so many even with the show they were able to like take us in helicopters and boats and stuff like that but like kayaking paddle boarding surfing scooters we ride scooters here around town he sits in between my legs and i just kind of putt putt around so that's our big goal is to try to find out how many modes of transportation we can find wow. but hiking that's, thing. that's a, a new one for me and I, I love it. Yeah, so yeah, you just never know where we're going to pop up on, like, on some new kind of contraption. Um, if I had to ask you the, the first thing that pops into your head to say your proudest moment of Derby? Oh, you know what? The proudest moment of Derby is probably one of them was this past weekend, uh, this couple weekend we had on our surf competition, but not even that. It's just, uh, him, well, I'll tell you this one. The, the surf competition, you know, is the Derby and I used to win, but we usually come in second, third, fourth, but we came in second a lot. And even in the show, like, I don't want to lose spoilers, but, you know, we came in second. But, like, at the end of the day, it's not about win or losing. It's about just having fun and being out there. And this two weeks ago, Derby finally uh, got first place overall. I was super proud. I was kind of like, oh my God, we finally did it. But then again, I was like, it doesn't matter. Because <laughs> it's just about having fun, but the fact that he did it. Mm-hmm. But I believe my proudest moment, and it still gets me today, is Derby and I becoming a therapy dog team and being able to help others just by the way we look, 
the way his, you know, his mannerisms are. Uh, we were actually start doing our training at one of the facilities here in San Diego that was housing a lot of the, uh, uh, the refugees coming up through Mexico from like Ecuador and Honduras, you know, we're trying to make it to the United States. And I get it. You know, everybody wants to get to the United States because you definitely find a better uh, way, uh, life to live here. Uh, they were housing at this uh, uh, civic center here in San Diego. They were housing all the little girls from six to 17 uh, at our convention center. And there was probably 1400 of them at the time. And they were trying to get them to their families here in the Americas. And at the time they were trying to teach them English, kind of the way of how you need to live in the United States. So we, during our training of a therapy dog team, we went one day uh, and part of our training was there. And all these little girls, none of them spoke English. And that was something I also took from being on the show, traveling the United States. It's like, we, even though we couldn't speak their language or they couldn't speak our language, when you see a dog, your face just lights up no matter where you are. Absolutely. And it's an international language. And I was just, and like these little girls didn't speak English. They were trying to talk to me. And I'm like, eh, no, habla espanol. <laughs> like, I don't know. But the fact that they could pet derby and just their faces light up because I know they were in a tough situation trying to like leave their country to find families in a place they have no idea. Uh, this one story that I remember, uh, this little girl, uh, there was a room where these little girls could had a 15 minutes to talk to either their family back home or try to talk to their family here in the United States. And coming out of the room, a lot of these little girls came out really distraught, uh, crying, not feeling good because they're just they're homesick. And uh, this little girl came out, sat by herself over by the wall, tell she was crying. I just made eye contact with her and just said, looked at Derby and said, you want a pet Derby? And I didn't say anything. So you're not allowed to talk to him or ask him questions. And she kind of gave me the nod. And I brought Derby over and Derby just kind of put his head into her and she just gave him the biggest hug. And with me, all, all I had to do was just sit there and hold the leash and just let Derby work and just do what he does is make people feel better. And I was so proud of him at that moment because I was like, man, you did it, buddy. Like you, uh, my, my fiance is my way. Like you're doing what I've always wanted to do is just help people and you're helping people and you don't even know it, but like, I think he did know it, but like, it was just so amazing. One of the best things I love telling people like what he does. Uh, absolutely. That is a, a beautiful moment. And yeah, thank you. And they, they just do, they do so much. Yeah. And, and like, you know, they, it doesn't mean like they're, that's not like they're trying to work and they're just trying to just ha have, uh, have fun. But like, if they can see somebody in distress, they love to make, make them feel a lot better. <laughs> also like how a lot of people would say that Derby is a, a very active dog. And yes. <laughs> that sort of like contradicts some people's idea of, of that chilled therapy dog. But that's such a good example to say that, Hey, you can have a dog that does both of those things. Yeah, totally. Cause like, I think he kind of feels on, picks up on my vibe where uh, if it's time to play, he's a hundred miles an hour. But when it's time to just walk around or just chill, if I want to just spend the whole day on the couch, he's right there with me. Like, let's just do this, man. Let's just chill. But like, but like as soon as like, he's kind of like me, when it's time to play or do something fun, he'll switch on like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> Excellent. Um, a question I ask all my guests is to complete the sentence. I right. can't, I can't believe my dog ate. 
Let's see. I can't believe my dog ate. Man, about the worst thing I've ever seen him do is he eats some other animal's poop. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fairly common. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I mean, he's eating, he's never really eaten things crazy, and I'm just kind of like, I can't believe he just chewed that up and swallowed it, and now it's gonna have to come out of your butt. Uh, but like, no, like, I mean, you know, just dogs do that in general. They just don't know what they're doing. But like, as a grown dog, I looked at him like, what are you doing, bro? Okay. <laughs> and I like, I don't even know what to do. So like, I basically pulled him off. I had to take a hose and just basically just hose his mouth out. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you, man, but like, you're definitely going to have to brush your teeth out. But yeah, that's not the craziest thing I've ever seen him. Now, like I said, before I got him, he had actually eaten two dresses. <laughs> so I, you know, I don't know past that after I've had him. <laughs> mm. Did you notice much of a, a change in his personality when you made the move to San Diego? Yeah, I kind of did. Uh, Derby, you know, he was always about like still wanting to be around me and, you know, his confidence level was there. But like moving out here, he kind of – came into his own, like kind of I was when I was trying to figure out my life and start over and you know, just try to figure out what I was doing. But like his confidence level just kind of built uh, being here. I mean, I think he, you know, when he goes out there and surfing in front of a crowd, you see it in his eyes. Like, oh, I'm kind of performing, uh, running around, just kind of just impressing people like this is what I can do. Uh, but like, yeah, so I feel like his confidence level boosted. Uh, along with his mind boosted. <laughs> so, you know, we're like that, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, we're still pretty humble about it. We're just kind of like, man, this is just what we do. This is like how we fun and we'd love to share it with everybody else. <laughs> now, I know that now there are, there's at least one other dog in the household. Yeah, this is his sister Scout. Uh, this is my fiance's dog when we first came together. She is a rescue from Atlanta. She is a little pit mix. Uh, you know, so. You know, Derby doesn't shed, but, you know, pits have their, what we call pity glitter. So <laughs> we still have dog hair everywhere, but it's a dog family, so we don't care. Uh, she's tried surfing. She does not like the water as much as Derby, uh, but she does stand up paddleboard and everything else. But she's more of a house dog, cuddle, cuddle with you all day. I don't know. I don't, uh, do you have a dog at home? Yes. Yeah, I do. Yep. We've got a, uh, she's a bit over eight years old now, a female Doberman. Okay. Yeah. My sister has Dobermans. They're so amazing animals. And Dobermans like to cuddle. Yeah. Uh, and like, don't get under covers and everything. It could be freezing or it could be hot. They're just wanting to be there. Doodles or Derby in general, they'll cuddle, but at nighttime, they can get hot quick. And by, about 20 minutes into you know going to sleep, he's on the floor in the bathroom trying to get cold. This one right here, it, it could be 110 degrees or 20 below. She's under the covers like, let's get closer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that covers off. I was just going to ask about sleeping arrangements in the house. but Yeah, no. Nah. How, how was Derby in that first introduction of another dog coming in? Oh, you know what? They got, they knew, because they, they both have grown up. They're about nine years old now. So they were both, you know, what, three or four when they met and they were really puppyish and kind of just kind of like jumped around, but now they're their own little pack. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's so cool. And I also like to tell people about while we were on the show, uh, as we're traveling around with our dogs, you know, these dogs didn't know each other very well, but after a while they became their own pack. They knew every day seeing the same dogs like, Oh, okay. This is our new thing. We are a group. We eat together. We sleep together. We do things together. And we'd be like, doing a stop down in the middle of a city 
And, you know, they had, they had these little areas set up with our little cages and kind of us taking a break. But anytime somebody else would walk by with just a random dog, all the dogs would go crazy. Like, hey, <laughs> that dog is too close to our pack. We're trying to protect our area and our people. That dog needs to leave. But, you know, but he's still cool. He loves meeting other dogs and playing around. <laughs> with the show, what mm-hmm. was your favorite activity that you think Derby enjoyed doing with you? Oh, yeah, we get this all the time. So a couple of things. Uh, my favorite place we visited was definitely Costa Rica in Capos. Uh, I love that beachy scene, uh, the jungles, uh, going out in the jungles, you know, repelling down the waterfall with dirty between my legs. Um, you know, just hearing the howler monkeys in the difference. He saw a three-toed sloth in the trees and didn't know what to make of it. <laughs> he said, that's a big squirrel and it's moving really slow. I don't know what it is. Uh, I believe Derby loved uh, Switzerland. I'm not a cold weather person. I, if you watch the show, I think the only thing you can see is my eyes. I just <laughs> hate being cold. Uh, so, but he loved it. It's the first time he had ever been in deep, deep snow before. And he just loved playing in it, chasing the gondolas going overhead. Uh, it was my first time uh, having to deal with, which I've never dealt with, the doodles that live where snow is that when they start playing, they get clumps and clumps of snow in their fur mm-hmm. right underneath their belly and their tails. And once you bring them out of the snow, you can't do nothing but just let it thaw out. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is a thing. Like, yeah, we're probably not going to live in the, where it snows a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but my most more memorable event that I still am so proud of him about uh, is the episode in London. Uh, they did kind of a whole like dungeony thing because you know London's known for having prisons and dungeons underneath the streets. Uh, I tell the story that uh, so the the object of the, the challenge was they were going to put me in a dungeon. Derby was going to be outside of the cage. Derby had to get me the key to get free. It's like okay, no problem. Uh, they so they took they we ran into this underground dungeon. Uh, and if you watch the show, they had the 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 people who built the set did an amazing job. They had a a thing that, you know, the lock where the, the people hold it and like this, uh, they had to actually build a, a gate that looks like bars to the old dungeon. Cause it was an actual old dungeon. Uh, they, they, they decorated it. And I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Y'all put it in for it. And it was like, all right, you're going to be in the cage. You're going to have to build this long stick to get Derby off the leash, unhook him. And he's got to go over there and get you the key to get out. I was like, uh, is that it? And they're like, yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> they, they say, go. I make this stick. The whole time I'm telling Derby, like, Derby, we're about to get out of here. Ain't no prison going to hold us, man. We're about to bust out of here so quick. Literally, I think we busted out of there. Like, as soon as I got Derby off, I unclicked it. And like I said, I taught Derby to pick things up for me. And I, I pointed at it. And I, my thing is I'll snap and point in the direction. I say, hey, give me that. He walked over, pulled the keys off the nail, walked over, gave it to me unlocked it we were gone <laughs> i like in the afterwards they, they tell you to stop and uh, the support producers came up to me and said dude that was amazing and they're like we didn't think you were going to get out that fast <laughs> and i was literally in there for 20 seconds and, I, and then we were gone and i kind of felt bad because they spent a lot of time making this dungeon and i it was on for 20 seconds on show <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we crushed it on that one. Like it was so just like, hey, this is what you oh, you want me to have him pick something up for me? 
Derby will give me that key. <laughs> yeah, 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 nice. <laughs> um, there any other sort of like interesting thing behind the scenes sort of things that you can sort of like chat yeah, about I that mean, particularly Derby sort of orientated? Yeah, I mean, I tell people all the time and fans, I said, man, like, because we do a lot of IG lives and sometimes, and I'm like, hey, if y'all got any questions about the show, like what really happened or like, if you saw something the show didn't look right, I'll tell you what really happened. And, then, you know, it's just like any other reality show. They they only have so many minutes to show everything. Uh, I mean, there was just always something, something crazy. I mean, there's so many that I can't remember or just continue, but like, no, just Derby just hanging out most of the time. Uh, one thing I used to tell all the producers, even the director, I'm, I'm just a pretty laid back dude. Like, it, it takes a lot for me to get hyped up. Uh, I love helping everybody. That's why I love helping my team and making sure that we all work together. Uh, when we watch, if you watch the show, I'm just, I'm usually the last person to get over the line because it doesn't matter if you're first as a group project, you still got to get everybody else over. So I would make sure that the last person was, was uh, coming across or I've been crossed. Uh, but I would tell the, I would tell the producers I'm like, Hey man, I understand that we're here to do a job to, to entertain and have fun on camera. Uh, I totally get that. I said, when the cameras are on and we're mic'd up, I will be your little dancing monkey. I will be, I'll, I'll, I'll have my persona. I will talk to the camera. Like, you know, that's what they're looking for. Like, I, you know, it's all about interacting just to produce a show. But when the cameras are off, I'm going to be in the back taking a nap. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the thing. I can switch it on and switch it off. And like, there'd be times like, all right, stop down. So it, it was like Vienna, Vienna, Austria. It was cold. I would go, they, they have these pins set up for the dogs to be in pins or hang out in this little area. And I would curl up in the pen with Derby, curled up, trying to stay warm like, and just take a nap. Cause you know, any kind of like uh, production, it's a lot of hurry up and wait. <laughs> you don't know how long you're going to be waiting. And so I got it. So I was like, okay. So they'd be like, all right, everybody, let's go. Where's Kentucky Derby? Like they're in the back taking a nap. <laughs> like, as soon as like, I woke up and they're like, all right, camera's on. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> Do you think, um, what was another song? Ah, favorite hotel? Cause we, Ooh, we, uh, we were looking when we watch it, we're, mm-hmm. we haven't got, we're not, quite as dog friendly as a lot of other countries around the world here. So you look at that and you're going like, whoa, you know? (laughs) So uh, we stayed in some magnificent hotels, Uh, four season hotels in Mexico city, some old hotels in uh, Vienna, Italy. We stayed in our own, uh, what do you call those? Like personal houses with their own staff. Uh, I can't think what you call that, but you know, just, like what rich people would rent for the, the week <laughs> and like that had its own staff and its own garden. It had its own overlook of the city of, uh, in Italy and London. We stayed at a, a beautiful hotel. Uh, all of them are good. I mean, I'm all, I like, I, I mean, when I was working here in LA, um, one of the stipulations when I worked before I got on the show, I was working in LA and I would go up for the week and come back on the weekends and one of the stipulations to do that, I told them, I said, I will go do this for a year only if my dog can come. And they're like, okay. So I stayed in hotels all over LA County, Orange County, and I would go from job to jobs. And we would stay at the Motel Sixes. I don't know if y'all have Motel Sixes in uh, uh, Australia, but they're kind of like the dingy, <laughs> you know, like $60 a night hotels. But they allow dogs. They didn't care. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I've, I've stayed in the 
nastiest hotels to the most expensive five-star hotels all over the world. So it's just like to us, we're just like, man, as long as we can rest our head, we're good. <laughs> so when you travel in the car with Derby, where's your spot? Man, his spot is on the front seat right beside me. <laughs> Uh, man, he just loves to hang out. Like I said, when I first got him, he was scared. He was skittish. He wouldn't even look out the window. Now he loves sticking his head out the window like, hey, man, what's going on? <laughs> I like that wind in my face. So, yeah, he, he's my sidekick. He's my road dog. He's my co-pilot. So he's right there beside me. What would you say when you're going back a little bit doing training with Derby, what sort of style training did you use with him? Oh, so I, I learned a lot when they were training us to teach our dogs certain tricks. Uh, but also when they told us certain tricks to, that the dogs would be learning, I was kind of like, uh, really? I don't think my dog is going to do that. Uh, one of the things we had to do was scent training. I usually associate scent training with dogs who really work, like police dogs or uh, you know dogs that work at airports or dogs who work in the military. Like you don't associate your, your dog that you take home every night to want to learn scent training. And it was so awesome. They kind of gave us the groundworks of it. And the trainers weren't there to teach the dogs. They were here to teach us to teach the dogs. Yep. Uh, yep. And so we kind of learned like, oh, wow, this is so awesome. Like giving us tips. And this is stuff that I tell people today because uh, people always ask us like, how do I teach my dog to do stuff like Derby? I'm like, it's, it's very simple. You just got to break it down to the simplest form of whatever trick you're trying to learn set it up that the dog succeeds. It's all about succeeding. Uh, because you know, if the dog gets frustrated, you get frustrated. It's not fun for anybody. Uh, it's patience and a lot of treats, <laughs> like just a lot of treats. Uh, even like doing a simple thing as of like giving your paw, like, or, oh, come on, good boy. Simple things of teaching your dog to do that. Like he didn't know how to do it. But like when I tell people like, let's start with simple stuff. Like, grab his paw and kind of grab Paul. But like, even if your dog halfway attempts it when you're training your dog to do it, congratulate him. Act like it's the greatest party in the world. Like they just succeeded in just running a marathon. Like, yeah, good job. Yay. Oh, Give him treats. They start to associate like, Hey, if he's happy when I did this, what if I did this? <laughs> and that's where they pick it up. And then they understand like, Hey, I want to please you as much as possible. And that's where they pick up on cues from you. So that's what, you know, the biggest thing I brought home from training is just take baby steps, uh, patience, start set them up for success and throw a party at any moment. They do something good. <laughs> Excellent. So Derby's favorite treats. Oh man. It's usually whatever I'm eating. <laughs> uh, no, we have so many different treats. Uh, People always ask me like, oh, you must feed Derby like some high-end brand dog food. I'm like, nah, <laughs> I'm still like a country boy at heart. He eats dry food. Now, sometimes uh, I'll get him some high-end stuff or you know, put some canned stuff in there uh, to switch it up. But uh, no, nah, I'm more of like just, man, whatever I'm, and like, I, you know, they tell you not to feed your dogs scraps off your own table. Uh, I come from a farm where, you know, any scrap that was on your table, you threw it out to the dogs. <laughs> And I get it. It's dangerous. I know there's been times that, but like, I don't give him phones as much, but, but like, if I'm eating like a pizza, if I'm done with half of it, I'm like, here you go. <laughs> um, another question back to the show. Was there ever any activity where it sort of made you worry a little bit? Like, like, Oh wow. That looks a bit like sketchy. <laughs> 
So, yeah, and that's one of the things, like the episode where we were in Costa Rica, when the dogs were rappelling down the waterfall. And I know that, like, some organizations found video of that and kind of got involved. And I tell people, like, look, there's moments when you're doing anything with your dog. If you catch it at the right moment or right angle, it looks like the dog is freaked out. And I told them at the get-go, I was like, look, if I don't want to do this with my dog, they're like, you don't have to do it. I totally agree. So I fully trusted the, I fully trust and still trust the, the, the dog handlers, the dog trainers, the dog rescues, the whole uh, crew. What all we did was perfectly safe. Uh, if I wouldn't do it, then I wouldn't let my dog do it. So it's one of those things like everything was triple check, double check. And, you know, to make sure that the dogs didn't, were not freaking out. And that's why we had the training in begin, just to make sure that the dogs were able to do it and that the dogs wanted, like, felt comfortable doing it. So, yeah, I never felt at any time that, like, oh, this is not something I'm going to do. Because I told them from the get-go, like, if I, don't, if I don't think my dog wants to do it, we ain't doing it. <laughs> and uh, there was an instant where uh, Jax, the golden doodle, didn't want to cross uh, the, the rope bridge. The suspension bridge, yeah. Yeah, and I get it. He was just kind of freaked out. And that's why they're like, look, we're not gonna, we're not going to uh disqualify you because the dog doesn't want to do your thing, because we're not forcing him. Now, if the human didn't want to do it, you're definitely gonna get disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say for the people, isn't it? They also gave an alternative if the dog yeah. wasn't happy doing the yeah, activity. Yeah. But they said if the human didn't want to do it you were disqualified immediately. And that's, I totally agree with that. Cause like, you know, humans can decide dogs are kind of like, we'll talk about it, but no, I felt like the, you know, the dog safety team, everybody involved uh, with all the adventures we did and all the, I guess you would call them stunts. Uh, even like uh, in LA where we did a zip line from the top of the watchtower building down to the trucks. I mean, totally safe. I felt, I felt confident in everything that we did. Uh, cool. Do you think Derby misses doing those sort of a, more extreme activities and the, and the travel? You know, that's another question we used to get all the time. Like, do you think Derby knows he's in Italy? Yeah, yeah. Do you think Derby knows he's in Costa Rica? And I'm looking at him like, I think he thinks we're down the street. <laughs> no, just, hey, this, this smells a little different, you know? <laughs> smells a little different. He just, he wants to know where I am. And he cares where, if we're together and hanging out. That's all his thought is. He can care less if we're like, uh, you know, on an airplane over to London or, you know, uh, out in the deserts of Utah. He's just like, man, are we hanging out together today? Cool. Let's do something. <laughs> so you mentioned sloths a little bit earlier. Has Derby had much interaction with other species? Oh, uh, you know what? <laughs> we've, uh, we've been approached by like, I guess there's a, a kind of a semi Instagram cat. Uh, and they're like, yeah, we'd love to go surf with you. I'm like, I don't know. I've seen Derby chase squirrels and stuff. Cause you know, he's still a dog. And I tell people sometimes, you got to let a dog be a dog. Uh, you know, like his big thing is if he sees something scurrying, he's going to chase it. And I understand this. If he's not on a leash, he's going to go. And I get it. Then he comes back. But I don't know. It's just one of those instincts you're not going to break from some dogs. Like, hey, man, if that cat runs, he's probably going to chase it. I don't think he's going to try to harm the cat. <laughs> I just think it's something in his brain. He's like, oh, I need to chase that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he's never really seen it. I mean, from besides that three-toed sloth, hearing howler monkeys in the distance. Actually, uh, in Costa Rica, uh, we'd wake up and there'd be monkeys sitting on our balcony uh, with a sliding glass window. And Derby's like, oh, I need to catch that. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he just doesn't understand uh, that, hey, hey, man, I just know it's going to run and I'm going to have fun chasing it. <laughs> uh, excellent. Anything else like immediately coming to mind as a, like interesting sort of story or adventure? Uh, 
Hey, you know what? There's always something. I don't, there's probably a thousand, but you know. <laughs> yeah, we have so many. This ones will pop up. I mean, the big thing I like to tell people is like, hey, uh, no, we we started our own brand called Derby California. Uh, we have tie dye uh, shirts and tie dye hoodies that we make that for you and your dog to match. Uh, we're all about the matchy matchy, as you can see. Uh, the story on how we started this brand. Uh, when I first moved to San Diego, uh, there's an OB OB uh, uh, farmers market. It's every Wednesday. I met a guy who was doing tie dye, and I was like, "Oh, this is pretty cool." Because I don't know, you know, tie dye that I remember because I don't really like tie dye because I remember tie dye which you did at summer camp, and it was just the big colors and swirls. <laughs> well, I saw his tie dye, which is kind of like a a patternish marble look. And even on our uh, hoodies, they're really marbleish looking. And I was like, that's really cool. I met, I didn't know Todd, I did that. And I kind of fell in love with it. And I said, Hey man, do you think you could do a hoodie? He's like, yeah, I do hoodies on top. I said, do you think you could do a dog hoodie? He said, well, if you bring it to me, I'll do it. So I brought him a dog hoodie, which it's, it's this beautiful colored dog hoodie. He still has it today. I call it the OG, the original hoodie. Uh, and it's one of the color styles that we offer on our website. It's called the OG uh, uh, that we have. And, uh, he, you know, I was, and everybody kind of fell in love with it. And I was like, and I kept telling this guy year after year, man, I'm going to start a dog hoodie company with you and we're going to sell tie-dye dog hoodies. He's like, yeah, cool. Let me know. Year, year two go by, year three. Well, as soon as the, uh, the show came out, I realized I, I have a platform now that mm -hmm. I think I can use. So right before the show came out in November, I started Derby California and we started making hoodies and I actually helped Derby and I would help make the first batches because we were doing it. And it's been such a, a successful, amazing business. Uh, we ship all over the world to all our fans uh, everywhere. Uh, I, at our last place, I would tell people like, look, my, my living room looks like a tie dye hoodie factory just threw up everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we have shirts, we have um, you know merch everywhere, but it's just so awesome that how many people we've touched through the show uh, and it have allowed us to start this brand uh, with, you know, his face on it, uh, and, you know, on our backs, you know, his brand, it says, you know, all good all the time. Uh, you know, and it's just so cool. You know, even then, like we traveling around, people would show up wearing Derby California shirts. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like that started here. I packed it up in my living room and shipped it to you. And now you're wearing it in front of me in a different place. <laughs> Excellent. So to be a little bit more specific, do you want to let listeners know where they can get their Derby California gear and also yeah. where they can see more of Derby? Yeah, totally. So you can go to derbycalifornia.com. Uh, it has our merch and about us, some of the things we're up to now. Uh, you can uh, get us on Cameo. If you want us to do a, a, a little message for you or your friend, you know, you can, you can uh, book us on Cameo. Uh, what else? We got our Instagram is Derby California because Facebook is Derby California. Uh, <laughs> we just uh, trademarked Derby California. So, you know, we're all about starting this business. Uh, making it grow. Um, like I said, hopefully here by Christmas, maybe definitely by the beginning of the year, we'll, we'll have our children's book out, uh, which you can purchase either on Amazon or on uh, our website. <laughs> uh, that is awesome. And don't forget to check out the pack on the pack, Amazon. Uh, on Amazon Prime, great family show. Uh, I, I tell people all the time who haven't seen that, I'm like, hey, I'll let you in on one secret. We're on every episode. <laughs> <laughs> nice spoilers. Just <laughs> letting you know we're on every episode. <laughs> it has been a ball. I've so enjoyed talking 
to you and hearing about a little bit extra about Derby. It's so, so much fun. Oh, thank you so much, Robert, for having us. You no, know, we love telling our story and just and introducing new people and meeting new people all over the world. It's just so crazy. Like now that, you know, through computer and technology, we can talk face to face with anybody in the world. <laughs> awesome. And more people get to see just how awesome dogs are. Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the show. Just like our new listeners in Henrietta in the US and in Tamoli in Italy. And I am sure that they will be sharing this episode and talking about it with their friends. I hope you do too. And if you'd like to get in contact with me here at the show or for anything else, just jump onto the Facebook group. Until next week, stay safe and remember, your dog is family. 